Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers, Chell and Josh back at you for another awesome episode of the Unstuck Institute. Say hey, Josh. Hey, Unstuckers. So we are actually doing an interview today. Um, We are interviewing JQ, a professional makeup artist specializing in beauty, character, and special effects makeup for feature films, episodic shows, web series, and limited series, in addition to personal makeup artistry. So... This is a very unique episode because she's not an entrepreneur in the way or solopreneur in the way that we think of a solopreneur. So what did you think, Josh? I mean, she definitely doesn't have a brick and mortar office space like I do. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, you know, I mentioned it in the interview. I think it's interesting that uh, people think of freelancers and business owners as two separate things or freelancers and solopreneurs is two separate things. Not everyone does, but I think a lot of people do. And it's interesting to uh, to note that uh, JQ does not think that way because she's well aware that as a freelancer in her industry that she is her business. Yeah. She is CEO all the way down to janitor, uh, a <laughs> solopreneur just like us. Um, it's just a, a slightly different format in terms of uh, industry, but... Um, but it's the same thing. So I thought that was going to be a very interesting uh, point of view to share. And we got her because, you know, film people work really hard and long hours. Um, and with their industry shut down right now, uh, she's got some time on her hands. So. Just a wee bit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this was the perfect time to get her on. Well, without further ado, guys, let's hop on into this interview. All right. We're here with JQ. JQ, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so a uh, little, little known fact uh, to our listeners, uh, JQ and I have known each other since the fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> Damn. So if you're wondering, how did I get a badass makeup designer to come on our show? I pulled some strings with some friends. Anyway, <laughs> uh, JQ, for those who don't know you, which is most of our audience, uh, as well as they, as I know you, uh, can you fill fill them in on how you came to be a makeup professional in Hollywood? Tell you what it is to be a makeup professional in Hollywood. Well, how you became to be oh. that, and what you do for those yes. who may not know. I have a very untraditional trajectory when it comes to my path, as you know, Joshua. Um. Okay. And, and many of our guests, including Chell and I, uh, also have interesting trajectories. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> to I how we you. got here this morning. So <laughs> better for like the cocktail hours and the social gatherings. <laughs> um, yes. So I was pre med. I was actually going to school for uh, wildlife veterinary medicine. And was doing everything right and was completely miserable. So I had a a conversation with my best friend one day. His name is um, Josh Bean. I don't know who that is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We had totally different departments, so we did not hang out. Biology students don't have time for theater friends. 
And so although I had lost the majority of my social life, I still had my best friend, Josh, um, and, <laughs> you know, sat down and was pretty much like, I don't know what's going on, but I thought I wanted to do this my whole life and I'm doing it and I am miserable and I'm about to go to med school. And I don't know if I could throw away my life and money on this, you know, <laughs> one of those conversations. And Josh was essentially the one that was like, why don't you go back to what you've always known and loved. And like, what's that? You know? And he's like lighting and makeup. Like you've always done makeup for theater. And I laughed in his face. And I was like, Oh, she did. I can confirm. She did. This is so face. true. I did. I was yeah. like, you want me to go from starting at a six figure job to being an artist? Like, <laughs> Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> he was right. I had been creepy, like creepily, uh, cruising a a professional makeup school in Los Angeles uh, that showed showcased their student work, and their student work was all like major special effects looking makeup at the time, especially for a novice. And um, I had just always I had like subscribed to their newsletter and just found interest in what they did as a school. Um, but also thought what they did was super cool. And so when Josh was like, Hey, why don't you just come shadow me in the design department for a day? Just, just one day, just come take a look and see what it's all about. And you can see if you like it or not. So I did, I I skipped classes a day. (laughs) I was a good student. I swear. Uh Uh (laughs) I skipped classes and I went to the design, you know, field where Josh had been flourishing and, where we have fun. <laughs> Where you have fun, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and cry because you don't have any sleep for different reasons than biology students. True. Like, the show's True. going on tomorrow and <laughs> the actor doesn't have their light. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the world's going to end and this is how. Um, but, <laughs> but I shadowed him and uh, lighting design, which had always been a second love, was shown to me in a place where you can't major in makeup, but you can major as a lighting designer. And since I'm a scientific nerd brain and makeup artistry looks like an artsy brain, I thought what can join the two together but lighting science. Get nerd. Um, so I literally went to the, you know, the Dean's counselor's office and marched on over and switched my major the next week. They thought I was nuts. Uh, I wasn't failing anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then they proceeded to tell me how it was going to be like a full on almost doing college all over again. Cause suddenly I had all these core courses and all of like organic chemistry and all that organic biology and anything like that became, um, electives. Wow. Yeah. So I just hustled. I took 21 credit hours every single term and did summer and, um, uh, winter break school and then applied to that makeup school in Los Angeles after I went for a winter break to go visit LA and the rest was history. Do your research though. Don't go to any school. That is one thing I would like to say. I did go to LA on a whim and I did physically visit every single school I was interested in when it came to makeup effects because I had just paid for my own college education and I was just about to pay for a secondary one and I wasn't just giving anyone my money. So if we could backtrack for one second, because of a, a short conversation with a snarky friend, Yes, um, you worked really hard for many a semester <laughs> 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 because you switched your major. Um, 
That friend and, saved my life. Yes. And uh, I would just like to say, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was only brought on this show to prove a point about how awesome Josh is. So I'm pretty positive. Like, That's you it. Guys- All right. Thanks. That's a wrap on the interview. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that that's actually how I got into makeup and the film and television industry because again, I was going from a six-figure starting <laughs> field. I was like, where can you make some real money doing makeup? Like, I understand the bridal industries there. I don't like brides. I was worried I wasn't going to like myself on my wedding day. Um, So (laughs) I knew I didn't want to be there. And the film industry was the only place where you could turn somebody into an alien and everybody go, that's amazing. And let's make a movie. And (laughs) and so, you know, that's, that's what brought me into the film aspect of the makeup world. It's definitely money. I'm not, I should never be afraid to say as somebody who doesn't come from money that I went somewhere because I wanted money. Now we got you to LA to straight up. uh, I don't want to be poor. Special effects. I know what that's like. Right? That <laughs> makeup school. Um, so tell us about what you learned there and how you started actually transitioning from student to a uh, person in the industry. This episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Gather Round La Cucina online course. Do you like time and skill to cook healthy meals at home? I totally get it. Healthy meals can be super boring, flavorless, and time consuming to make. Choosing fast food can be a quick and easy option, but often it can feel you leaving unwell or unable to feel your best. You and your family deserve to feel good, and you don't have to sacrifice taste or time to feel good. With the Gather Around the Cucina course, I help busy millennial families learn to create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle for the whole family without sacrificing time. Log on to wellnesscucinallc.com and schedule a complimentary clarity call to see if this course would be a good fit for you and your family. So that's the most important piece of this whole puzzle when it comes to being a freelancer. Just like when you go to college, some colleges you're actually just paying to get to know the contacts, right? Some colleges, of course, you're paying for the education. You're a doctor. You need to know the things. But I didn't want to go to a school where there was a bunch of retired film and television makeup artists from the 80s, no offense, teaching me things when all of a sudden this new thing called HD was coming into play that we didn't quite understand. And all of a sudden 35 millimeter camera like film was going out and digital media was coming in. So I actually joined it at the right time when there was a transition, like the biggest transition film has ever had where it literally went from celluloid film to digital. And that's really important because if you have somebody who's an instructor who knew the field 20 years ago, and can't give you the foresight into the future with any of this new technology, they're useless to you. So I went to a school where the all the professors were working makeup artists in the industry at the time. That's, how, that's what you had to do in order to teach there. You have to be a working artist. And what that does was it prevents you from ever having the same teacher. Uh, the moment they get a film, they're out. And the school understands that. And they replace that instructor with another makeup artist who's also in film. And if that happens again, they're out. And I loved that. I loved that about the school. Some people hated that. I know that the more people you talk to, the more knowledge you're going to receive. So that was incredible. And then, again, you pay for your contacts. So you could be the most talented artist in the world. But if you don't have any type of business savvy, how are you going to sell it? How are you going to sell your art? Yeah, and you got... got, uh 
more knowledge for more people cycling in and out of that school, but also more contacts, right? So it's valuable on both both sides. A hundred percent. Those were the first three people to give me my jobs. Two days before I graduated from that school, I got offered an assistant job on set of a student film for AFI, um, which was a big deal to me at the time and should be at that time. Um, I also, the day I graduated, got asked to be an intern at the school, which is like the most coveted position you could have. And I had no idea how you became an intern and didn't try, but was super like, that would be amazing. And when I got called into the office thinking I was in trouble, <laughs> I was like, I'm in trouble. I'm getting fired. Um, <laughs> and they said, hey, you know what? you are not the most talented makeup artist. You're not even the most talented makeup artist in your class. You're probably like, mid great. And I was like, yes, I do recognize that. <laughs> uh, and they're like, no, yeah, right? And they're like, but you are highly groomable and you have an attitude that's made for success. And we would like for you to be an intern here at the school. And the rest was history. Like from there, uh, I got hired by... Any of my professors that I had who recommended me for jobs, the first year you work as a makeup artist in the television industry, you not only don't make money, you actually lose money because makeup costs so much. So you work for free the first year of freelancing, and you need to be mentally prepared for that. Uh, I had saved up and had allocated enough money knowing that I don't know shit about L.A., and the industry, and that I had no idea what type of income was required to live here. I thought me budgeting $900 a month for a studio apartment was enough, and that's what I had saved. It's not. That's that Albuquerque mindset. Yeah. That was in 2009 <laughs> when California had a 22% unemployment rate, and I couldn't even get transferred from my Starbucks to a Starbucks in LA. Wow. So know that I came to this city when it was bust <laughs> and that and that even though the film industry was still absolutely thriving the majority of people were losing their homes and I couldn't get a part-time job while I was going to school mm. so it, it was actually impossible for me to get a part-time job that whole first year it was probably the worst year to move to LA in the market which again didn't know <laughs> was going to be really good for me you know if you come when things are easy then you're you trick yourself into thinking things are easy and they're just not, but they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you so, keep yeah. mentioning um, being a freelancer, which I think is an interesting angle on uh, being a business owner. Right. And I think our audience might be going, that, this is an interesting story, but what does this have to do with like owning your own business? Like that's what a freelancer is. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't recognize that fact. Like, right. Um, whether you're looking at it from like a, you you're working in Hollywood, like people might assume you work for studios, et cetera. But also uh, it's, it's not just that you're like a freelancer either in your industry, but there's a lot of other freelancer freelancers in other industries that you are your own business. Um, even if it's just yes. you and all you do is go from gig to gig, that is your own business, which is, the exact same thing I do in fixing computers. It's just that my gigs are way smaller than your gigs, right? Like I spend an hour fixing a computer. That's a quote unquote gig um, right, in my right. business, right? And and you might spend two months on a film. That's a gig. But either way, what we do in terms of working for people and solving their problems is the same, even though that they've kind of been categorized as two different things. 
Right. You have a, I think what's really, I think the only difference is in the gig freelance economy, you have a start and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is when people go and apply for a job, the job usually is like, well, we're going to want to put our money into training somebody who's going to be around for a minute, like be be around for a while because training somebody costs money. Right. right? So if you're going to leave them in six months, you're usually not the best candidate for them unless it's a place that likes high turnaround. Right. When you're a freelancer, it's almost like getting a new job every day. Um, and sometimes you're getting six new jobs on the same day for different dates, right? And you become your master time manager. But that said, you are the conglomerate. You are the product and the CEO. Um, you're also the board that keeps you morally in check. <laughs> And so, (laughs) right? (laughs) Exactly. The first thing that people tell you if they have any type of business savvy when you move to LA is, um, you know, get, become your own business, right. And, and, and register as your own business for your taxes. Um, and of course you don't listen to that because you don't even know what the F your taxes are, right? <laughs> like you haven't made money, you're negative in money, you know, you're an artist. Um, and I think makeup artists and hairstylists definitely as a genre of people lack the business savvy that some other mar- uh, departments go into. So I lacked that business savvy. Um, and the moment I realized you are your hustle and your hustle either equals any of your pay if you have health insurance, anything like that, you really are the owner of a company. And so anything you do is an investment within yourself. So you have to start investing in yourself in whatever way that is. Whether that's like at the time, I got what I called a God machine, which was an iPhone for the first time. Um, (laughs) You know, stuff like that in order to become more marketable and it's changing. But we don't work for studios when we make your films. We're actually all just a bunch of schmucks sitting at home who get a call from someone saying, J.J. Abrams called. He's going to have me DP this film. He's going to have me department head this film. The producers are having me do this, and I got to crew up. What's your availability from November of 2020 to September of 2021? Right? Those are how (laughs) conversations go if you get that call. That's a really damn good call, by the way. Those calls don't happen every day. Oh, it's, it's not every day. Uh, it's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) And in the interim, you're getting calls for day playing is what we call it, where they're asking you to come to set for one day for a commercial and be the hair and makeup person or be the makeup person or be the hairstylist or whatever. Those are two different jobs, by the way. (laughs) Um, and you have a short job for a second. Those short jobs can pay you $3,000 a day. You know, so of course you're going to say yes to the short jobs, even if you are working a really long movie and suddenly your actor who you love and adore is like, hey, I have a red carpet. You're going to figure out a way to have the red carpet. And suddenly you're the CEO of two jobs at that time. You know, (laughs) like you're a carpet master. (laughs) As weird as that sounds, take the joke where you want to. Um, and then you're also a film badass in, in, a, in a war right now, you know, like, and I call every film war in a fun way because you're about to go to battle and this is your team and here you go and you're going to storm the field. <laughs> like it's happening and it's like a circus. We come in, we set it up all fast, all of us individually for this one Netflix purpose. And then we break it down and we get the hell out. And it's like we never existed. 
<laughs> you know, but all those people, all those hundreds of people on payroll for X-Men and Black Panther and all, all of those people are independent contractors. Those people do not work for studios. They do not have a company that backs them up. They only get their insurance if they have enough hours working on set that quarter. And everything that you buy can and should be tax deductible if you register. <laughs> that is that is the benefit <laughs> of being a freelancer and, and waking up to the fact that you are a business is that tax write-offs and stuff, you know, is great. Yeah, you didn't definitely need to know about taxes. <laughs> um, so, so on that topic, though, like at what point did you realize that it was integral to kind of get your shit together and become a business? Like how far into it? I think it happens differently for everyone. And I was very, very lucky. And here's how. Less than 11 months after graduating from makeup school, I was on set of X-Men First Class as, as a part of Mystique's makeup team. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I was a non-union member, right? You have to be in the union. That's another thing to talk about as a freelancer in this industry. Not only are you your own independent contractor, in order to work on the big movies, you got to qualify. What does that mean? Got to get your union days. How do you do that? I don't have time to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's a daunting task. And I was brought onto that set non-union as a makeup PA, which is a loophole that I didn't know about. Again, ding, 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 all your connections. <laughs> they tell you things you didn't know, like you're your own entity and there's loopholes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and suddenly you're playing with the big leagues and you're a toddler, um, and all you can do is be a sponge. Don't try to have any control of anything. And when you see that for the first time, and you don't try to talk through it or try to be like them, you just totally humble. I'm new. I'm a baby. Not necessarily knowing what I'm doing, but will work my butt off for you, and you allowed me to be in your presence, right, on this very big film, then you get to see how the big guns roll and you're like, holy shit, it has all this involved? That is some real business from like one-liners, script breakdowns, you know, makeup breakdowns, character breakdowns, um, the 1099s, the W2s, the W4s, the kit rentals. I am a professional four <laughs> <laughs> I do more form filling than makeup sometimes. That's insane. And nobody tells you this as an independent contractor. Nobody tells you this. I think a part of it is because they don't want to scare you. And the other part of it is they want to weed out the weak. It is hazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's social business hazing. And I don't go along with hazing. So I'm telling the world. <laughs> Know how to fill out your paperwork. Know how to have your tax forms. And God damn it, you are the CEO of your own company. Work that day. You don't make money that day. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to what they told you when they hired you as an intern, then they said, you know, you may not be the best makeup artist in your class, but you have the attitude and you're groomable. And I think I've, I've known you since fourth grade. So I can say you've always had like, the will of a small country. Like, it just won't be stopped. <laughs> GQ is Luxembourg. 
I like to think of it as a prosperous country that lots of people have interest in. Small, Absolutely. but small, but prosperous and interesting. Small but mighty. <laughs> yeah. uh, what what advice do you have? Because you got a lot of contacts, sure, and a lot of people who went to your school got a lot of contacts. And in other industries, people get contacts all the time, and they don't use them. Correct. Um, so, what advice do you have for people that that you think? Uh, like your, your makeup school was like, you know, you have the attitude, you're groomable. What is that? And how do you use that? I think the number one thing is don't be afraid to get into trouble. And here's <laughs> why I say that. <laughs> My type of getting into trouble usually has, has to do with me trying to do good in some other way, right? I'm not just being a dick. I'm not just being a problem and I'm not just causing a fuss because I like to see people get worked up. So let's talk about that. Let me clear that up. But (laughs) not being afraid to get into trouble in the terms of they noticed me because in the middle of my schooling, I got called into the office with a very prestigious makeup artist, the, the governor of the academy. And he actually ended up being my first and still mentor and has gotten me a lot of jobs, Leonard Engelman. And he his first films were Hitchcock films and he was personal to Stallone and has been Cher's personal for 30 years um, and only stopped doing it. Cause he's like, Cher, I'm old, get over it. Like I can't <laughs> perform like you can, you know, um, he, you know, he took, she took him out of retirement three times. This is the man who's talking to me, right? I'm being called into his office, you know, all the, all the Meg Ryan eighties, Anybody who was an action badass, Val Kilmer, you know, 90s, all that jazz to any of like Sigourney Weaver, all those women, Leonard was their guy. He did everything from beauty to effects. And he was calling me into the office. And that's not a good thing at that time. And I knew it. And and he sits me down and he said, some of the students have been um, complaining about the participation you have in class. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Who has a problem with me participating, right? (laughs) And during sculpting, so many of the artists were so bored because it was something they didn't care about, uh, but also had to do that they were like, JQ, I don't know, like do a trivia quiz or something in class because they were always saying you're full of random facts, which was really just pre-med facts (laughs) that artists are learning for the first time. Um, So... I was like, well, if you guys want to, I'll come up with some questions, but you know, this is going to be competitive real fast. And before I knew it, all but three people had joined in and we're all sitting at our station (laughs) sculpting, but I'm talking, moderating and they're asking questions. I mean, answering questions. And it became a a class game. Well, those three people were pissed. It was too loud, (laughs) valid, you know? And so I got called into the office. Yeah, I'm not. Called the Quinteros voice. That's my family trait. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. Um, and so, like, you know, he calls me in and he said, you know, a lot of people say that you're very boisterous and maybe a little bit too loud for the classroom. And he goes, and this is a, something you're going to have to learn when it comes to being in the makeup trailer. You know, there's always going to ha- be people who have a problem with volume. And sometimes you're going to have to do things through silence. And I was like, valuable lesson. Yes, sir. Got it. Also, uh, not going to stop being me, but got it. Uh, (laughs) I will be more respectful to the students in the class. Well, it was that kind of trouble that made him start noticing how I was connecting with people. And that is the number one thing when it comes to makeup artistry. Unlike hairstylists, which we all know because we all get our hair done. So you don't have to be an actor to know what it's like to get your hair done. But only a few people know what it's like to have their makeup done professionally. 
constantly. Like you can't do your job without it. And in order to be that human to somebody who's so high profile, constantly being touched, never has an, uh, an autonomy to themselves in any way when it comes to being at their job, it's really important that you know how to handle them and that you're clean and that you can talk to any type of personality in order to get the job done. Because sometimes you hate the person you're working on, <laughs> but you have to get the job done. How do you do that when you're six inches from someone's face? Right. And that takes skill. It really does. I've seen a ton of incredible artists flounder because they can't do the business and they can't do the people. And I get it. Some people don't want to do the people. Then you're in the wrong industry. Totally understand that. But we're here to literally touch people. (laughs) And we're here to literally make them look away that will be appeasing and satisfying to the world, not just the United States. And we are in charge of that. And that weighs heavy on them. (laughs) Therefore, you must be a pro. And so when he saw that, A, I was able to be called into the office to get in trouble for bringing a classroom together as a community, but then B, being able to say, I'm sorry, you're right, this could be disruptive to some. And then C, going back and adapting and changing myself to those people, but also to the people who really needed the distraction, he took note of all that. And he's like, you're going to be excellent with actors. If I can just refine your rough edges, if I can polish you. Because he's a classy-ass dude. He really is. You know, He's just kind of like, if I can polish you, you will be unstoppable and and i was like cool you seem like the kind of guy to do it and he wasn't doing it in a creepy way either he was like you'll either blow yourself up or monetize yourself what do you want to do and he meant blow myself up in a, in a negative way you're right, gonna be right. like your own, own <laughs> like worst enemy so that was the type of groomer i had and that was really important and so now when i have little baby makeup artists under me who are non-union and want to get their union days and they have advice I, you groom them this is what worked for me. This is what didn't. And you go from there. And that's all you could ask for from your contacts, right? Absolutely. Like, that's why it's important to talk to your contacts. Yeah. And juice them. <laughs> juice them. What, yeah, is a, what is a classy act like Leonard doing hanging out with you? Exactly. <laughs> when you want to talk about classy, at the end of the day, it's if anything else, know thy enemy. Mm. Like if you're going to be your own business, you also have to know your competition and whether or not you need to take the time to address it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's part of being a business. But also, but also knowing yourself, which he just alluded to with Leonard's uh, advice to you is like, if I can know my own prickly points, then I can round those out and move forward too. Cause I think that's, there's two, two major things that apply to just every business I can think of is learn how to deal with people mm-hmm. and learn what things you do that people don't like. <laughs> True, which is hard. And if, it's hard if to swallow. It's super hard to swallow, but everyone's yeah. got something. Even if you think yes. like everyone loves me for every conceivable reason, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> True. And it, it might not be something you're going to change, right? Because a lot of it is the world is full of different people. You be you. And some people are going to love you. Some people are not. And that's just how it's always going to be. But if you can make it smoother, if there are things you can refine about yourself and be aware about yourself, then no matter what business you're in, 
that's dealing with people and people will uh, respond better to you. Right. So that's always a good yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, people are money. End of the day. Literally for me, people are money because I need them in order to make it. <laughs> if I don't touch you today, I don't make money. <laughs> you know? And like, again, that sounds weird. Take that where you will. <laughs> Oldest occupation in the world, anyone? But <laughs> like people are money. And if you think you can be some sort of genius hermit who doesn't have to have a voice box to start talking to people you're wrong especially today that may have worked in the past because there's anonymity in the past you could hide your company could hide anything could be hidden because it's really hard to get the paper trail right that's not the case today Everyone can see all your parts, your home life, your work life. Even if you don't want it out there, guess what? It's it's findable. And then you work in the entertainment industry. Guess what? There's seven cameras on you, not just yours. <laughs> and guess what? That contract that you signed at the beginning gave them permission to always have those cameras on you. So if you don't know yourself enough to know how to adjust, you will lose money. End of <laughs> sentence <laughs> <laughs> that's a very clear and direct piece of actionable advice <laughs> i love it well we're going kind of long so we should wrap things up is there anything else you want to impart on people before we we go from your industry your work your advice whatever you got yeah let me fit this in here <clears throat> it is important to be yourself and i say that as a Second generation, uh, coming from a low income, high risk background, who also I'm Latina, I am a Mexican American woman and proudly so I am a gay woman and I am proudly so Um, I am a woman, the first minority and proudly so. And if for any reason, if you are not giving me a job because of any of those reasons, like gay, female, race, anything like that, I don't want to work with you anyway. That said, you don't need to oppress people with what you believe. And I, and as a makeup artist, it's very important to know that when you're touching somebody's face, they might be the supporter of the opposing team that's giving all the money to the people who are trying to make it illegal for you to adopt at the time. Think about that connection. You're going to touch the person who has enough money to take you down systematically. Right? Again, six inches away. (laughs) (laughs) exactly it is so important to be who you are because in being who you are in a business I always say this if you want to get rid of the negatives you don't start washing out the negatives you start pushing in the good start inundating yourself with the good overloading your weight with the good fill your package with the good because when you do that inadvertently there's no space for the bad it eventually starts to get pushed out. It's science. (laughs) Take it from a (laughs) pre-med. So that said, be who you are, make sure who you are has the good in it to push the bad out. And don't ever think that because you didn't get the job because you are A, B, or C, that that's okay. Also, don't hold that vendetta. Start to create the community where it's not okay to do those sort of things. And that community will grow bigger and bigger until it eventually takes over. 
And that's my mission right now as a woman in this highly politicized industry during COVID when it comes to literally touching people. It is more important for me than ever to say that I'm gay in Trump America. It's more important for me than ever to say that I'm Latina when I read white. And it's more important than ever for me to say that I'm a female and I can be just as much of a boss as that guy over there can, but I don't have to belittle him in order to do so. Straight up. Don't be a dick. Three questions. If it was your last meal, what would you eat? Okay, okay. This is pathetic, but I have celiac disease and I'm not just lactose intolerant. I'm actually allergic to dairy officially. Dion's pizza with pepperoni. Oh, <laughs> like you, you would just go I, all I, out. <laughs> man, I've had celiac since I was 19 years old. I'm 34 right now. I've had a lot of time to think about this. And at the end of the day, the <laughs> only thing I can't find accessible is the same texture and taste as a goddamn slice of Dion's pizza with that high gluten content and that dairy. Oh, it is a beautiful right, thing. Fair. For those of you who don't know are not in the New Mexico, Colorado, and I think Texas, they've expanded area. It's it's quite a Southwest pizza chain. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> All right. Number two, uh, what is your bucket list travel destination? Oh, this is so sad. It is... England, Scotland, and Ireland, which would have been attainable as of next month, but because of COVID. Oh. Yeah, I was finally making my dream come true, a bucket list come true. Those three oh. spots at once, taking the time to do it. We had our tickets. Oh. Damn, dude. But, all right. Yes. <laughs> when you do end up doing it, just stop in Germany and I'll cook you some food. How about that? Deal. All right. And then last but not least, what is your favorite hobby that doesn't make you money? Oh, baking. I love baking. Yeah. I've always loved baking. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to bake? Definitely cakes. Uh, and that's because of science. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really fucking hard to bake a cake that's gluten-free and have it have the oh, right... Yeah density and bounce back and consistency and i've only like succeeded a handful of times (laughs) (laughs) so as long as it continues to defeat me (laughs) thanks so much jq for being here with us uh we really appreciate you taking the time thanks jq appreciate it thanks for being on the show and um don't be a stranger we'll have to have you on again because this i think was super informative That'd be rad. And thanks for having a podcast like this because so many people need it and they think (laughs) that they can't get there and they're wrong. All right. And where can people find out more about you? What are you working on in these COVID times? Uh, Anything else you want people to know? Our industry was shut down for COVID, as you all know, like legitimately Uh all of us lost our jobs. Um, And so I started this thing with my wife called Makeup Trailer Talk on Instagram. It's at Makeup Trailer Talk. Um, And it's essentially me interviewing people in the makeup and hair industry in film and television so that we can all get to know each other. Um, And what I found out is that a bunch of blooming makeup artists internationally really liked the show uh, and started DMing me. So like I said, contacts, contacts, contacts. (laughs) Makeup trailer talk. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. And did you want to mention your giveaway thing too? 
Yeah. Also, um, to anybody who goes to the Instagram page for Makeup Trailer Talk and follows it, I will gather those. I'll give it about, let's give it a week, right? That's a good timeline. Give it about a week and I'll gather them um, and see pull a random winner. So you can either get a 60-minute session with me if you want a personal makeup session from a film and television artist to how to do the makeup for your face, which is the biggest mistake people make. Um, or... If you are interested in getting into the film industry, either as a makeup artist, a hairstylist, or any other department, really, because there's a lot of insight that we have on that since we work together so much, um, I'd be happy to also give 60 minutes free of my time to ask any see any questions you have about joining the film and television industry, because I wish I had that when I started, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome and super generous of you. Um very cool. So follow at Makeup Trailer Talk on Instagram within the next week, which is by September 9th, and you could win a session with JQ. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. This is Rad. Rad! It's time for a recap. One, be true to yourself. Two, don't be afraid to get into trouble. Three, overload the good to push out the bad. And that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at unstuck.institute. Remember to check us out on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, please leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show a lot. Be sure to leave us a five-star written review to be entered into a drawing starting again this month in September to win a 30-minute brainstorm session with me and Josh. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute. And first drawing for that will be this Friday, so check out Casual Fridays, see if you won. Talk to you next week when we'll be introducing the Unstuck Life Book, which will teach you how to get yourself unstuck. I think the number one thing is don't be afraid to get into trouble. Do it. Give it to me. <laughs>